This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 178. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the show. As always, I am so glad you are here, so grateful that you spend time with me every week. I'm excited about today's episode because I love when I have these ideas for episodes where I'm like, oh my God, people have been asking me about this and it's probably going to be something that people really like. And when it came to me, because when it's the, at the beginning of October, I was co-hosting the Tanning Tacos and Transformation Retreat. And I had two people ask me, ask the group really, the question, where do I start in personal development? There's so many different directions I could go, where do I even begin? Or I'm so overwhelmed with all of the different topics in personal development. Where do I begin? And the truth of it is there's no specific one right answer that works for every single person. It totally depends on where you are in your life. It totally depends on your circumstances and where you've been and what your goals are. And I think though, if you are uncertain or if when I ask that question, you know, like, where do I even start in personal development? You think, yes, that's me. I have some guidelines, sort of some, like, it would be a good idea. Like if you have no idea where to start and you, especially if you find yourself overwhelmed with where to start. So you just stay stuck or you just like randomly grab onto things that you hear, you know, a book that comes out or a personal development podcast or anything like that. You're like, yeah, I'm going to start there. And you feel like you're not really making any headway because you're kind of all over the place. This episode is for you. Before I get into that, I wanted to let you know that if you are going to be in the New York City area on January 6th, or if you happen to be in the area and you want something to do, I'm hosting a workshop there because I'm going to be there. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a very small, intimate workshop. A few of those spots have already been taken. There is a link to that workshop in the show notes. It's going to be in the lower Manhattan area in the morning. It's a Saturday, so I would love to see you and hug you and get to workshop with you. And the other women that have already signed up are amazing. I'm really, really excited about this. Also, if you want to follow along with this episode, there's a worksheet because I know that many of you are like, this episode is for me. And it can be really helpful for you to kind of answer these questions and write them down. That way you have a place to start if you've been kind of going in circles in therapy or if you've never done therapy and you're looking for a therapist and or you're kind of looking for a specific topic to work on in your personal development, please go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 178 and look for the yellow button to download your free worksheet to follow along with this episode. All right, I'm excited. So let's get going. 
So the first place to start would be to look at if you have any addictions. So I'm not talking about shadow addictions or comfort addictions. So so those would be, you know, for me, it's it's planning, um, it's control, it's overachieving. You know, obviously, these are all chapters in my book that's coming out, by the way, on those topics. That's why they're on the top of my mind. But I'm talking about um, addictions like drinking or drug use or you know, chronic codependency, any of those kind of addictions, I think would be probably the best place to start. There are a lot of resources for that, like 12-step programs. There is online support. You can definitely find a trained professional either in person or online. And when you enter a recovery program. I know a lot of you have have let me know that you struggle with drinking. You know, as I have, I celebrated six years of sobriety just a few weeks ago, and that in and of itself was, you know, walking into recovery for that was its own personal development thing, really. And coming up on the podcast in December and January, I'm going to have the recovery series again. That's where I interview women who have um, struggled in, in addiction and are in recovery and sobriety. And one of the conversations I was just having with a friend of mine, I was talking about the difference between sobriety and recovery. There's a difference. Like anyone can be sober from the thing you're addicted to. It doesn't necessarily have to just be alcohol. Recovery is a completely different conversation. I believe recovery is harder than sobriety because <laughs> you can quit the thing. But actually what's the, the problem that's underneath it is emotional issues that need to be dealt with. And that's what recovery is. That's really the challenging part, the part that takes your attention and your discomfort and your willingness and openness to walk through those things. So that's really where I would start if you don't feel like you, there are plenty of people out there who don't struggle with addiction. And then I wouldn't try to find something like, oh, you know, what is it that I'm addicted to? No, if you don't have an addiction, then you don't have an addiction. But from there forward, the next step that I would take is therapy. I huge fan of therapy. I've been going to therapy on and off since I was 18 years old. I did an episode, and there's a link to that in the show notes. I did an episode a few months ago. uh, The topic was how to find the best therapist and how to get the most out of therapy. Again, that link is in the show notes because that is part of your success is finding the right fit for you. And it's, it's, it's not always going to be the very first therapist that you go and see. A lot of people throw in the towel when they don't feel like the therapist that they are seeing is right for them, or they don't like, they don't like their therapist or don't trust their therapist or whatever. And they're like, forget it. It's not for me. And, or they're in a relationship where their partner is wary of therapy and they don't, their partner doesn't want to go. So, you know, you decide not to go. You can go by yourself. And when walking into therapy, you know, a trained therapist is going to ask you, you know, why are, why are you here? And typically they're going to, you know, you don't, you don't go in like, I don't know. 
this woman on this podcast uh, named Andrea told me I should go to therapy. Like, no, you're probably going to know. I know y'all are smart and brilliant and you know what the things are that are going on in your life. Where I would probably look is the most obvious things are any family of origin issues. So if you have, and yes, this is like, tell me about your mother, tell me about your relationship with your father, that type of stuff. If you have trauma, if you have abandonment issues, what are the patterns that you keep seeing yourself do in your relationships? What are the patterns? So maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's insecurities. Uh, Do you have problems with emotional boundaries? You know, if you look back at the timeline of your relationships, romantic relationships or friendships, but I'm thinking right now of, of, of romantic relationships, Do you feel like the same things keep coming up? Do you find yourself attracted to the same type of partner and they have the same quote unquote flaws that you keep seeing over and over again? Is there anything in your relationships where your partners have said, this is the thing I don't like about you? Here's where we come, we have conflict and it's the same thing that you're hearing from different people. That's an indicator that there might be something for you to look at, albeit a huge blow to your ego. I understand that. That's happened to me a few times where you're like, this sounds familiar. I've heard this before in another relationship. Maybe it's actually true. You know, maybe the person has like terrible delivery and handing it to you. So you don't want to listen. That happens. But what is there? What, what's going on with you? What are your patterns that you keep saying in your relationships where it might be something for you to work on? And that takes a lot of courage to actually be able to shine the light on the things that that you need to work on that aren't your best attributes, right? Like no one wants to be told that they're not good at something or that they're doing something wrong. And we especially, not only do we not like to be told, we don't like to admit that it's true. That's painful. And that can bring on a lot of emotion, emotions in and of itself. But that's these are the things you want to bring to therapy. These are the things you want to bring to therapy, the relationships you have with your family, the identities that you were given growing up, which actually brings me to the next thing that you can work on in personal development, and that that is your core beliefs. Really, when I was thinking about this episode and how I, you know, the things I wanted to say that I think are important to work on, I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what is the found, if I had to lay a foundation for personal development, what do I think it is? And and these are, these are the things that I think that it is like, these are the things that inevitably with every single private client I've ever worked on. These are the things that we talk about. Obviously therapy is for a trained therapist, but they 99% of the time come in having already dealt with and talk to a therapist, the issues from their family. And then we, one of the things we talk about is core beliefs and what it has to do with your family of origin is that most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time our core beliefs come from, can come from our family of origin. They also come from past relationships that we have had, and they also come from our culture. And these are the things that we believe to be true about ourselves And what I want you to focus on are the negative core beliefs. So these are the things we believe to be true about ourselves that are holding us back. What are the things you say over and over again about yourself that are keeping you from being the person that you want to be? 
These are the things that are keeping you from showing up as the woman you you want to be proud of. So you might say things like, I'm not good at picking my partners. I always, I always pick the worst partners. Or my self-confidence is terrible. I'm bad at handling money. I will never be out of debt. I will never be, I will never have my shit together with money. These are typically the things that roll off of your tongue as easily as if you were telling someone your name because you believe them to be true about yourself. And sometimes we say them out loud to other people, but a lot of the times they're just floating around in your head. So that might be something for you to journal on. And of course, this is on that worksheet, among other things, for you to dig deeper in as to what the foundation is that you maybe need to work on. But what are the what are the core beliefs that you have about yourself? And again, there hopefully are some positive ones in there, but the things to work on are the negative ones, are the ones that are holding you back. The things that you believe are true about yourself and that like that you can't get out of. Here's an example though, like let's talk about money. There might be some truth to the fact that you might be in debt. You might have made some bad decisions in terms of lending someone money or investing or spending or anything like that. Like that very well might be the truth. I'm like raising my hand over here. Like in my 20s, I used credit cards like it was free money and then ended up in a place where I'm like, where did all this debt come from? So it was a fact that I was... Um, I was ignorant about things like accrued interest and where all this money is going to come from eventually for me to pay this off. So that was that was a fact. I also had a belief that I was terrible at money. I couldn't be trusted. And so th- those are the things that I want you to look at because it's actually not true that I'm terrible with money. The truth was is that I had never been taught or I had never taken the initiative to learn about all of that. And I got myself into a pickle and I was totally, the truth was I'm totally capable of learning about it, totally capable of figuring out a way to get out of debt completely and turn things around. And I ended up doing that. And so what I had to do first was actually look at what was a fact and what was a story. Because in that example, And actually, in most examples, it doesn't necessarily have to do with money. It could be about love. It could be about jobs, really anything, you know, goals, things like that. Once you are stuck in that core belief, once you are stuck for, you know, keep using the example of I'm bad with money and I will never get out of debt. I'll never get my shit together with, with us. If you're stuck in that, whether you say it out loud or whether you say it in your head, you will continue to go about that pattern. You will continue to repeat that pattern because that's what our brains do. It's a story that we've made up and we are going to look for evidence and look for behaviors that make that story true. So that's why it's so important to look at your core beliefs because not only is it going to keep you stuck in a behavioral pattern that doesn't serve you, it's going to make you feel like shit. It it feels like shit to talk to yourself that way and, and to believe a story that you are bad at picking partners, that you are bad at money, that your self-confidence is terrible. That doesn't feel good ever. And the, the problem is, is that a lot of the times we don't even know that that's happening. Like we don't even know. I point it out to clients all the time and I'm like, do you realize that you say that? Like, do you believe that to be true? Is that one of your negative core beliefs? And sure enough, it typically is. So it's about 
really the first thing is you have to figure out what your core beliefs are. And this is, you know, this is stuff I do with, in my classes, stuff I do with my clients, find out and get to the bottom of what your core beliefs are. That worksheet will help you. And then you can work on, and I don't expect you to do this, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So settle down, all you overachievers. (laughs) Huge step in just knowing what they are, first of all. And then you can work on changing the beliefs. So I, I want to let you know, that it's not just a, a quick like, boom, oh, I'm going to change that story. I can make up a new story. There's, It's like a gigantic sandwich. You know, the, the two pieces of bread are what are your negative core beliefs and finding out what they are. And the other piece of bread is changing that story and believing something else. All that stuff inside, all the meat and vegetables, well, if you're a vegetarian, just vegetables, all of that is the work in looking at the emotions around it, processing old stuff that made you believe that in the first place. And then sometimes you need to go back to it. You know, I have core beliefs that keep coming up sometimes, you know, I'll do a bunch of work on it. And then something, you know, every time your life gets up-leveled, those core beliefs, they hide in the closet or something, you guys. I don't know if they're underneath the carpet or what, but they tend to come back out. Like, oh my God, you up-leveled your life. (laughs) Here I come again. So I just want to let you know that because that's really what doing this work looks like. It's not about finding out the core belief, working on it, creating a new story, a new, more positive core belief, and then you're done. No, I mean, this is a theme over here. You know that the work is is a constant movement practice. So that's what core beliefs look like. Great segue out of core beliefs is your negative self-talk. And you know I talk about this all the time over here on the podcast. Very similar to your core beliefs because what you believe about yourself comes out in your negative self-talk. What does the voice in your head tell you? Where do you beat yourself up the most? With whom do you compare yourself the most? So again, these are all questions on that, that free worksheet that I have for you. And This work is so important. (laughs) It's the first chapter of my new book. I go into it at length because the way that you speak to yourself, either in your head and sometimes it comes out of your mouth, sets you up for everything. It not only affects the way that you feel, which is huge, it affects how you act and and it affects your behaviors. It affects if you reach out to other people for help, it affects if you're going to go after that promotion. It affects if you're going to say yes to things that light up your soul. It affects if you're going to say no to things that you really don't want to do. It affects everything. And that's why I talk about it so much because it is foundational. So that's another place I would start in personal development. And I know so many of my colleagues would agree with me on that one. Start with the way that you speak to yourself. Personally, I'm I'm glad that, you know, if I look back at the trajectory of my own personal development, this is really the order it went into was I started out going to, um, I, th- I think I've always wanted to look into personal development. I just was never around people that that were interested at all. I, remember, I think one of my very first books was Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by the late... 
Carlson. I'm totally forgetting what his first name is right now. And I know that you guys are saying it <laughs> as you're listening to this. I know his wife's name is Christine. And he uh, passed away a few years ago, but he wrote many books on that, that, you know, not sweating the small stuff. And I, I loved, 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 loved it. And then I had a friend that I worked with in, I think it was like the late nineties. She gave me the book codependent no more. And I was like, why do I need this? And I was, you know, always in therapy on and off. And then in 2006, I think it was, I went to the Meadows because you guys all know my story of, I was dating someone who had lied about having cancer and he was doing that to hide his drug addiction. And we tried to make it work and his family sent him to the Meadows in Arizona and I went for family week for a few days. And that was really like my first introduction to really the depths of what codependence really looks like and love addiction. And it was very, very clear to me hearing about it. And I bought a book there at the Meadows. I felt like I was reading the story of my life and my own patterns. And I was like, holy shit. I will, I will post a link to, I, I, I tend to get some emails about love addiction when I mention it here. I will post a link to that book in the show notes. And when I got home from that trip, the relationship did not work out, but I started going to Codependence Anonymous and was like, holy shit, <laughs> there's this whole world out there of things to work on. And that's where that started and really shining the light. And it was like one of the scariest things I'd ever done, but also the most exciting because I could see I could see the path before me and I, I could see people that had gone on that path before me and how different their lives were and how they were able to let go of things. And I wanted that. And then um, not long after that, when I signed up for coach training, like one of the very first things we learned about was negative self-talk. And so it was, it was, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm learning about other things here and there, but like, these are the main things that I worked on. And I still, to this day, think that it's a really excellent path to, for anyone who's, confused about where to start. So I'll start from the beginning. So addictions first, therapy, core beliefs, negative self-talk. And the last thing I want to mention is communication. This can be especially helpful if you are in a relationship or if you ever plan on being in a relationship. So like everyone, everyone listening, <laughs> because here's the thing, here's what I learned. It's one thing to learn all of these things about yourself and about the world and about other people, but you know, mostly about yourself. But if you don't know how to talk about them to other people, and if you don't know how to set boundaries, like what happens is like we end up finding out what boundaries are, but we don't know how to have the actual conversations in our real life. We end up finding out what are the things that we actually want and need in a relationship, but we don't know how to actually ask for them and have these like real talks with people. I found that to be very true. And I was like, you know, just like kind of making it up as I went along and my delivery was really poor. I didn't know how to actually listen. I did not know how to fight fair or have a disagreement with someone. For me, like disagreements always ended badly. Like I didn't know how that there was a way to actually do that. And I also didn't know, I thought that success in a, in a hard conversation always meant that the other, that it went the way that I wanted it to, that in order for me to be happy, 
or even content about any of that conversation, it had to go in my favor. You know, the person either had to agree with me or they had to apologize or they had to compromise. You know what I mean? So I didn't know, like it was so foreign if someone told me, you know, it, it might not end up how you want it to be and that's okay. Like it's, it can still be a successful conversation even if you don't get what you want. I was like, what? You're wrong. So yeah, the, the, the truth is like, yes, it can actually be a good conversation and you could end up still proud of yourself having had the conversation. And that's one thing that is invaluable, like that I have learned that I I am like, I that's adulting right there. Like that's <laughs> being a real grown up is having a conversation where it does end up, well, you you know what? Let me back up from that. It's walking into the conversation knowing that if it doesn't go your way, you're still going to be proud of how you showed up. So what that actually looks like is you, in a perfect world, this doesn't always happen, but you're able to get clear on what it is that you need to say before you have the conversation. So I always ask people, you know, if I have a client who has to have a tough conversation, the first thing I ask him is like, what is it that you need to do and say, and who do you need to be in order to be proud of the woman that you are when that conversation is over? Even if that person hears what you have to, has to say and says, fuck you, I'm not having this talk because that could happen. What do you need to do and say, and who do you need to be in order to walk away from that, you know, being told, <laughs> being given an expletive and still be like, okay, I'm, I'm proud of how I showed up. That is absolutely possible. And that's huge. Again, that is having a grown up conversation. That's communication. And it's interesting, you know, I was well into my personal development journey before I really started to pay attention to what communication looked like in a relationship. So, cause I, I, you know, my, my, the two marriages that I've been in have been two very different communicators and I've had to learn how to navigate that. And I've had to learn how to, I have to learn like what my triggers are, you know, that's huge. And all of the work that I was telling you about knowing what my triggers are. So I know very quickly when I'm in it, you know, and I'm like using air quotes over here, like when you are in it, when you've been triggered and you've been hooked and you're like, oh God, you know, cause your emotions talk first. If you've been triggered, emotions start talking and then it's just like a free for all. <laughs> Anything goes, it's just like the wild west out there. And I tell you what, knowing what my triggers are now, so it's like, I feel like I've been punched in the face and I'm like, all right, you know, obviously my emotions are getting first crack at this, but it's about being able to like take a deep breath and pause like that pause. You guys, if you get nothing else from this whole podcast episode, except the pause, taking a breath before react, you know, oh man. And knowing like, okay, you know, you, you know, like you're having physiological symptoms, you're wanting to run, you're wanting to yell at that person, you're wanting to gouge their eyes out and strangle them, whatever it is, that's because you're, you know, your emotions are getting first crack. And then knowing what you need to do in order to be proud of yourself. That might look like, I need to go for a walk right now. Give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. That might be what it looks like. It might be telling yourself like, you know, and actually thinking like, what is it that I need to say right now that I will be proud of tomorrow morning? That's that just, those are just some examples of what 
communication has looked like and, and learning about. And I'm still learning about it. I'm still, you know, we learn the most when we actually are faced with these situations in our real life. And we, we also learn the most from getting them wrong. Absolutely, positively, I can give you 17 examples of how I have gotten it wrong. And now and I'm in a place where I have to turn around and apologize and, and say, you know, like I didn't handle that well. I am not proud of how I showed up and I'm really sorry. And how can I make it better or how can I fix this? That, that's also being an adult. So I hope this was helpful in helping you get to a place of knowing where you might need some work and finding a place to start. I really do think that that worksheet would be helpful for you to download. Again, it's at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 178. Look for the yellow button and you can download that for free and it'll help you go through this episode and journal some stuff out. And thank you again for being here. Next week, I have uh, my friend and colleague, Ella is here from Honor with Ella, and she is going to be, we're having a very candid conversation about wellness. So I hope you stay tuned for that. And then the week after that, the recovery series starts up again. I'm so excited for that. And until next time, Ask Kickers, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. <laughs> 